Alright, welcome back to chapter 25, Submersion in Incidents, Drowning and Diving Emergencies. Our overview is going to be water-related emergencies and scuba or deep water diving emergencies. Your case study intro, EMTs Jacob Stilts and Lydia Hughes are responding to a report of a child drowned in a backyard pool. When they arrive, they see a woman performing CPR on a toddler. The initial report family members is that the child was not seen for five to ten minutes before being discovered on the bottom of the pool. The patient was pulled from the pool by a family member who immediately began CPR. What are some ways in which this incident could have been prevented? What factors will influence the patient's chances of survival? Again, I encourage you to pause this video and write these questions down. Okay, patients in such incidents need emergency medical care as rapidly as possible. However, the circumstances in which they receive the, in the injuries can expose medical personnel to the risk of injury. Caring for these patients require not only emergency medical skills, but also the ability to recognize and avoid or reduce potential hazards at the scene. Water-related emergencies, prevention measures, personal flotation devices, or PFDs, could prevent many drowning deaths. These are your life preservers, life jackets, whatever you want to call them. All pools should be fenced. Um, I know if you own a pool, most insurance companies that write homeowners policies will not write you a policy unless your pool is fenced in. Constantly supervise children who are in the area of any body of water or large container of water. Do not use alcohol when engaged in water activities. Some definitions for you. Drowning is an incident in which someone is submerged or immersed in a liquid that results in a primary respiratory impairment. The liquid prevents the patient from breathing air, and the patient may live or may die from the event. Incidents of drowning. In children less than a year of age, the bathtub is the most common drowning location. 40% of deaths are of children younger than 5 years old. The second highest incident is among teenagers. 85% of drownings are in males. Alcohol is frequently involved. You, it's already going through your mind right now um, how these accidents are occurring in, in teenagers. Carelessness, alcohol. Water sports pose a risk of drowning and of head and spinal trauma. Scuba accidents may involve exertion, ex inexperience, panic, and poor judgment. Panic can often contribute to the death of a person who loses self-control. So if we look at this figure here, something goes wrong, it can swallow water, get fatigued, unable to cope with the currents, injuries, cold, entanglement, entanglement in plants, loss of concentration, panic takes effect, insufficient breathing, uh, decreased buoyancy, buoyancy means the ability to float, exhaustion occurs, drowning takes place, and then or cardiac arrest. Prognostic predictors, chances of survival are greatest in patients with two or fewer of these characteristics. Age of three years or older, submerged greater than five minutes, resuscitation delayed greater than 10 minutes after rescue, comatose on arrival at the emergency department, arterial blood pH of less than 7.10. The pathophysiology of drowning, 
Submersion results in aspiration of water or laryngeal spasms leading to suffocation. Hypoxia and acidosis lead to brain damage and death. Surfactant maintains surface tension in the alveoli to keep them from collapsing. Surfactant is, is, is a liquid substance, that's a, a substance I should say, that keeps your alveoli open. Water in the lungs washes out the surfactant. When surfactant is washed out, the alveoli collapse. Then acute respiratory distress syndrome results. Maximize oxygen delivery. Hypothermia results from submersion in cold water and may play a protective role. Complications of hypothermia include hypovolemia from increased capillary permeability and cardiac dysrhythmias. Factors that influence the seriousness of drowning. Persistent cough, dyspnea, or apnea. Altered mental status during submersion. Vomiting, drug or alcohol use. Uh, factors and influence the serious, seriousness of drowning, history of seizures, diabetes, neuromuscular disorder, hypothermia, duration of cardiac or respiratory arrest, age of the patient, pre-existing diseases or conditions. Diving emergencies usually occur in pools or other shallow water. Head and spine injuries may occur as well as fractures to the extremities or ribs. Assume neck and spine injuries in diving emergencies. Safety measures in water-related emergencies. Do not attempt to rescue unless you meet all of these criteria. You are a good swimmer. You are trained in water rescue techniques. You are wearing a personal flotation device. You are accompanied by other rescuers. Um, if you don't have any training in the water, I mean, I know you don't want your patient to drown, but you don't want to be a hero and go out there and become a second drowning patient. Uh, if the patient is close to the shore, use the reach, throw, row, and go strategy. And here we go. They're throwing a life preserver to this patient with a rope attached, obviously, so they can pull them back to shore. They row out there on a boat. If you don't know how to row a boat, don't get on that. Don't get in that boat and try to row out there. I mean, it's just gonna be, you know, not. It's gonna be. It's gonna be bad for yourself. Okay. Suspect spinal injury if there was a diving accident. The patient may have been struck by a skier, surfboard, or other object, even a boat. The swimmer is using a water slide. There's suspicion of intoxication, and there's evidence of a traumatic injury. Resuscitation. The mammalian diving reflex may be activated in cold water drowning. The mammalian diving reflex results in a drastic decrease in the metabolic rate. The patient may be able to be resuscitated after prolonged submersion. So the mammalian diving reflex is uh, in cold water, or, yeah, cold water, the... Uh, the body uh, slows down, its respiratory rate, heart rate slows down, and um, it can keep the body alive um, for the most part. It gives you more time for resuscitation.
Okay, your assessment-based approach in drowning and, and water-related emergencies. Your scene size up, ensure your own safety. If you're within 10 feet of the edge of the water, wear a personal protective, uh, personal flotation device. Take standard precautions. Request additional resources as needed. Your primary assessment, form a general impression. Assess the mental status, consider the possibility of spinal injury, and establish a patent airway. Positive pressure ventilation for inadequate breathing. Maintain oxygenation. Assess for bleeding or hypo and hypoperfusion. Determine priority for transport. Then your secondary assessment, perform a physical exam. Examine the patient. Don't just assume. Obtain a history. Please obtain a history before you leave to go to the hospital. Look for signs and symptoms of airway obstruction, absent or inadequate breathing, pulselessness, spinal or head injury, soft tissue injuries. And musculoskeletal injuries. External internal bleeding, shock, hypothermia, alcohol or drug abuse, drowning or submersion. Categorize drowning patients as one of these four categories asymptomatic, no symptoms, symptomatic, cardiac arrest, or dead. Continue with the case study. Jacob directs another rescuer to take over CPR from the family member and quickly verifies the absence of a pulse as the switch is made. Lydia makes observations of the scene to determine if there are any other mechanisms of injury or important factors to consider. She questions family members to try to determine exactly how long the child was submerged and to find out about the child's medical history. What are the steps in managing this patient? Remember, pause this video, write these questions down so you can uh, try to answer them in, as we go along. Okay, assessment-based approach for drowning water-related emergencies. Your emergency medical care. Remove the patient from the water as quickly as safely as possible. If spinal injury is suspected, protect the spine. Okay, so this is how you're going to uh, deal with your suspected spinal injuries in the water. If you are able to get out there, you notice these guys are no, no deeper than waist deep. Um, splint the head and neck with the arms and then roll your patient over. Ensure an airway and breathing. Okay, patient is not breathing. Begin res rescue breathing using a pocket mask and rescue from water as soon as possible. Uh, patient's breathing. Slide the backboard under the patient. Apply a rigid extrication collar or C-collar. Um, uh, float the board to the pool side or the shore and remove the patient from the water. Um, back to the emergency medical care. If there's no spinal injury, place the patient on his left side. If the patient is breathing and has a pulse, be prepared to suction. For absent or inadequate breathing, establish an airway and begin ventilations with supplemental oxygen. Maintain the SpO2 of 94% or greater. If the patient is pulseless and apneic, begin CPR and apply an AED. If gastric distension interferes with ventilation, decompress the stomach. Push down on that swollen stomach and, um, you know, the patient may vomit 
and you can have, you'll have to suction, but you need to get rid of that gastric distension. Manage any other medical or traumatic condi uh, conditions present and transport with resuscitation continuing. Always transport a drowning patient even if he is not experiencing symptoms. Complications can arise up to 72 hours after the incident. Uh, reassess your patient. Um, you repeat the primary and secondary assessment and vital signs every five minutes for unstable patients and every 15 minutes for stable patients. Alright, scuba or deep water diving emergencies. Basic laws of physics related to scuba or deep water diving emergencies. Disbarism results from the effects of changes in pressure on gases within the body. Basic laws of physics explain the changes. Boyle's law. At a constant temperature, the volume of gas is inversely related to the pressure. As the pressure increases, the volume of gas decreases. As the pressure decreases, the volume of gas increases. Dalton's law, the total pressure of a mixture of gases equals the sum of the partial pressures of the individual gases. As a diver descends, the pressure of each gas in the air increases proportionally. As the pressure of nitrogen increases, it begins to dissolve into the blood. Henry's law, at a constant temperature, the amount of gas that dissolves in a liquid is proportionate to the pressure of gas around it. With increasing depth, gases that have dissolved into the blood will dissolve into and accumulate in the fat and tissues. Charles' Law All gases expand equally upon being heated. As a diver descends into colder water temperatures, the inhaled and dissolved gases contract. As the diver descends, the temperature increases and the gases expand. Decompression sickness Pathophysiology occurs as a result of bubbles formed by the expansion of nitrogen in the blood and tissues. The bubbles have two primary effects on the body. They act as an emboli and cause obstruction in, in circulation. So they, they press onto the blood vessels and they, they stop blood from flowing. They compress or stretch the blood vessels and the nerves. Factors that predispose to decompression sickness is flying too soon after diving. Failure to take safety stops while ascending. Inadequate surface intervals. Inadequate decompression. Diving at depths for too long a period and repeated dives at depths on the same day. Um, you're probably not going to see a lot of this on the test because um, a lot of this is uh, related to actual scuba divers. Um, so, but you need to know what's causing this and why, why it happens. Physical characteristics that predispose to decompression sickness are poor physical condition and obesity, age, dehydration, <clears throat> heart or lung disease or conditions, pre-existing musculoskeletal injuries, and fatigue. Environmental factors that predispose to decompression sickness, cold water, rough seas, heated diving suits, and heavy work. Categories of decompression sickness, type 1, type 2, and arterial gas embolism. Type 1 DCS signs and symptoms are pain, pruritus and burning of the skin, skin rash, 
orange peel appearance of the skin, paint, painless pitting edema. Type 2 decompression sickness, signs and symptoms, nervous system, lower back pain progressing to weakness, paralysis, numbness, tingling, etc. Headache, visual disturbances, dizziness, altered mental status, nausea, vomiting, vertigo, and tinnitus. Um, circulatory uh, sim uh, system uh, symptoms and respiratory system sy symptoms in type 2 as well. In assessment for DCS, look for fatigue, signs and symptoms of shock, pupillary changes, pallor of the tongue, bloody sputum, nasal uh, flaring, retractions, accessory muscle use, tachypnea, crackles in the lungs, SpO2 less than 94%, vomiting, urinary bladder distension. During your assessment for DCS, look for seizure, uncoordinated movements, weakness, motor, and sensory deficits, joint pain, decreased range of motion, edema, cyanosis, pallor, itching, modeling, and marbling. Um, ask the following questions during your assessment. Where did the patient dive? What was the deepest depth and for how long? What were the other depths and times? What was the rate of ascent? What has the patient done since the dive? What did the patient do in the 72 hours before the dive? Did the patient do work during the dive? Was the gases, uh, what, what gases were used during the dive? Did the patient have any problems during the dive? What was the patient's physical condition before, during, and after the dive? And was any first aid provided? Arterial gas embolism. An artery is, an obstruct, is obstructed by a bubble or a cluster of bubbles. Rapid ascent with breath holding can cause alveolar rupture, allowing air to enter the bloodstream. Signs and symptoms have a rapid onset. Here they are. Itchy, blotty, uh, blotchy, mottled skin, difficulty breathing, dizziness, chest pain, severe, deep aching pain in muscles, joints, and tendons. Blurred or distorted vision, partial deafness, nausea, vomiting, numbness, paralysis, weakness, or numbness on one side of the body. Staggering gait or lack of coordination. Um, frothy uh, blood in the nose or mouth. Swelling or crepitus in the neck. Loss or distortion of memory. Coma, cardiac or respiratory arrest and behavioral changes. Barotrauma. During ascent or descent, pressure becomes too great within the body's air-filled cavities, such as the sinuses or middle ear. Emergency medical care for decompression sickness, air embolism, or barotrauma. Consider the need for spinal stabilization. Keep the patient supine or in lateral recumbent position. Establish an airway and assess breathing. Administer oxygen at 15 liters per minute by non-rebreather mask if breathing is, in, is adequate. Assist ventilations with supplemental oxygen for inadequate breathing. Initiate CPR and apply the AED if indicated and transport immediately. Click on the mechanism that explains the reduction in metabolic rate associated with cold water drowning. I'll give you a second to look at it. If you chose the mammalian diving reflex, you would be correct. The mammalian diving reflex is a response to immersion of the face in cold water. Breathing is inhibited, the heart rate decreases, and blood vessels constrict the main cerebral and cardiac blood flow. The metabolic rate decreases.
All right, case study conclusion. The patient, a two-year-old girl, was most likely submerged between five and seven minutes. There does not appear to be a reason to suspect spinal injury. Jacob is particularly concerned with providing a patient patent airway and adequate ventilation and oxygenation. He opens the airway with a head tilt chin lift and places a folded towel beneath the patient's shoulders. He suctions the airway and inserts an OPA airway as another EMT continues chest compressions. Meanwhile, Lydia drives the patient and applies the AED. However, no shock is indicated. Jacob performs positive pressure ventilation with supplemental oxygen, but he finds that there is increasing resistance to ventilation. The patient's stomach appears very distended, so the EMTs position her on her side and decompress her stomach. Suctioning the airway, the stomach contents um, to prevent aspiration. The EMTs begin immediate transport and request intercept with the ALS unit because of their 20-minute transport time. The patient regains a pulse prior to arriving at the emergency department but remains unresponsive. She is, submitted, she is admitted to pediatric critical care where she is carefully monitored for neurological damage and respiratory complications. Currently, her prognosis for recovery is uncertain. A lesson summary is drowning is, in, is immersion in a liquid that impairs the ability to breathe. Drowning causes a significant number of deaths but is preventable. In some cases, drowning is associated with the possibility of spinal injury. If no pulse is present, present begin CPR and apply an AD. Scuba diving emergencies can be explained by basic gas laws. Treatment of drowning and diving emergencies focuses on airway, ventilation, oxygenation, and if the pulse is absent, CPR and AED. All right, we'll see you next time.